0: Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. As part of this podcast partnership with Brick and Elm magazine, I want to give a podcast shout out to the Northwest Physicians Group with offices in Amarillo, Canyon, and Panhandle online at nwtpg.com. Learn more and subscribe to Brick and Elm at brickandelm.com and for what it's worth, Our March-April issue is printing right now and should be out by the end of the week. I'm really excited about this one. Today's guest is Katie Wick. Katie is the real estate broker behind Wick Realty, and I should also give full disclosure by saying Wick Realty has been a sponsor of this podcast almost since day one. And we talk about that briefly in this episode. But I've been wanting to interview Katie for a long time because she has such an interesting story. She bought her first home at the age of 19. So think about that. And started building her real estate business not long after that purchase. Katie is really smart and successful and down to earth. And in this interview, she helps explain a lot of what's happening in the current housing market. So you're gonna like this one. Here's Katie Wick. Katie Wick. Welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I'm uh, I'm glad you're here because I've been trying to get you on the show for like four years now. So <laughs> I know. So I, I feel a great sense of accomplishment that you're finally sitting here at the microphone. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so I, I want to start with you the same way I start with all of my guests, and that's just to ask you how you ended up in Amarillo in the first place. So why are you here?
1: Yeah, I was born in Kansas, and my parents moved me when I, here when I was a year old. So I've been here since I was born, basically.
0: Um, Do you know why they came here?
1: My dad saw an opportunity to work at a meat packing plant at United.
0: United Supermarkets?
1: Yes. So he was just going to work in the the meat market there. Okay. So um, he moved here for that. Uh, That didn't pan out, so he opened his own landscaping business.
0: Um, It seems like a real obvious transition from the meat market to landscaping. (laughs) Yeah. You do what you need to do, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he. I don't know. I think he just liked to work on his own and Mm -hmm. be his own boss. So that's why he decided to open his own landscaping business, which he did very well at. He still does as well and has people who work under him now. Um, and then he has rental properties here in Amarillo. Okay. So.
0: And so you grew up here. Where did you go to school?
1: So, I went to Ridgecrest in you know elementary school, and then I moved to Bushland. Okay. We went to Bushland, and then we moved back in town, and then I went to Trinity Fellowship High School. Okay. Um, I went to Randall for just a little bit. So yeah, that's I I've I've been around in different schools. Were
0: you at Trinity Fellowship when it? Closed down because I remember I don't know how many years ago. It, like it, it had several you know years of operations and then it kind of stopped and yeah everybody had to scatter you know to to other places.
1: I know uh, it actually shut down. I want to say three years after I left. Okay. So yes, it was still there when I was there, and then it became Arbor. Mm-hmm. And actually, my husband Seth was a teacher there. He was an English teacher there. And then it shut down about a year after he left. So I don't know what year that was, but um, yeah, it was probably three or four years after I was out of there that it shut down.
0: Did you leave for college?
1: So I actually got a scholarship to play basketball at Abilene Christian, but I turned it down because I just wanted to start a career and figure out what I was going to do with my life. So I stayed here and just started at Amarillo College. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be a dental hygienist. I thought that was the thing that I wanted to do. I did that for about a year and decided I didn't want to do that. (laughs) And uh, I actually helped my dad mow lawns. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was mowing lawns and I was mowing this really amazing house. And I was like, I wonder what this guy does. And um, he's actually into real estate. He does finance and stuff like that. And so I asked my dad, "Should I get into real estate?" And he was like, "Well, I don't know. It's it's hard to, a hard business to get into, but yes, go ahead and um, try." Mm-hmm. And so I just decided to start at Emerald College in real estate.
0: Okay, so you went back to school. Then was was there a certification or something that they offered, or what? What was the degree plan?
1: Uh, you just have to have your basics, mm-hmm. and then you take your real estate classes and then you have to pass your real estate exam. And so I decided, because I was supporting myself, I was like, what, what's the fastest and easiest way to get out of college mm-hmm. and start a career? And so that's what I did. I just decided to go and do real estate school and just see how it went, and that's where I'm at now.
0: So I, I'm interested in the fact that you were offered a college scholarship to play oh, yeah. basketball, and you decided you didn't want to do it. Um, that you wanted to get right into a career because not everybody gets those opportunities. Yeah, because
1: I was probably eighteen.
0: Yeah, tell me about that thinking. Like, why were you so eager to to get into a career as opposed to you know living the dream of playing college basketball?
1: I don't know why. I've always had this concept of I wanted to help support my husband and I wanted to have a career so that I could support my family and so that I could provide. And be a good mom and wife. So I think early on I had that concept of I want to make sure that I can help Hmm. with my family. Um, I bought my first house when I was 19, um, before I was even married or even met Seth, my husband. I had goals for myself and my life that I wanted to be um, able to contribute to the marriage.
0: It seems really responsible and ambitious for a teenager.
1: (laughs) I know. I don't know why I (laughs) always have been that. I've always been that way. I mean, I mowed lawns with my dad from like fifth grade on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I probably mowed lawns till I was 25 or 26 with my dad just to help support my business in real estate. Cause when you're that young, most people don't want to, uh, they they don't look at you as a professional They don't trust you yet. Yeah, you're young. You don't know what you're doing yet. And so I that was something that I had to have multiple jobs mm-hmm. to support myself. So
0: Okay. Before we jump too far forward, I I just want to dig into the fact that you bought your first home at nineteen. <laughs> Cause if I have any listeners who are nineteen or twenty, they probably heard that and are just <laughs> rolling their eyes because that seems so impossible yeah. right now. So Tell me, tell me how you did that and why you did that. Um, cause I, I owned a home fairly early cause I got married really early, but okay. I was still like 26, 27 before I bought my first home.
1: Yeah. So what I did was, so my dad, he, the guy that I was mowing his lawn that I was talking to you about, mm-hmm. about, Hey, what does he do? You know, he does finance. So he, um, private lends to people. Um, as long as you're approved, he'll give you a loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no credit. I still don't have a credit card. Um, I didn't have a car payment. I paid my cars with cash. Mm-hmm. They were, they were awesome cars, but, um. Cause
0: you'd been working since fifth grade, right?
1: <laughs> no, they were awesome. Like not awesome. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> you weren't driving a BMW? For-
1: no, <laughs> it was a Toyota Corolla hatchback. So it was really nice. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I reached out to him because he gave my dad some loans and my dad co-signed for me. So it was basically I had help being able to buy a house mm-hmm. that way. And then each house that you get has equity as long as you take care of it and you can put it down on the next house. So that was a way that we were able to build our equity. And now where we have rental properties, mm-hmm. So it's it's grown significantly from there.
0: Did it feel like you were? Did that feel like okay? I have a house now. Now I'm a grown up. Now I'm an adult. I mean, did did something about that feel significant to you? Uh,
1: I was I was happy because you know I had my real estate license. I was really young. I I felt like as a real estate agent. I can't be advising other people to do something that I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to do it. Um and then I had roommates. Okay. So younger people if they want to buy and they can, they could get roommates in and they to help, help you with the mortgage. Pay the mortgage payment. Yes. So that's what I did and I did that for about 4 years. Um and then once I met my husband, I moved back in with my parents and rented my house out. And then him and I moved back into the house once we got married, so it was something we had a nest egg that yeah. was built, you know,
0: so tell me how your real estate career developed you You get out of you know you go to a c you take the classes, you get your license. what happened at that point,
1: so I got very blessed just to get to be hired by Tracy Howland at Larry Brown Realtors. Mm-hmm. And I worked for Larry Brown and Tracy for eight years. Um, And then I just decided I was her assistant. So I was her assistant for a while. And then I think I broke off for her from her about two years in um, after I got my license and was selling on my own. And then what years were those? So I was, let's see, I was 20 when I got my real estate license I was probably 22 when I decided to go out on my own, not as Tracy's assistant, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just because I started building business and I was, you know, I was very happy with Tracy, but I just uh, started building business on my own and thought, oh, okay, I can do this. Then Seth and I got married and we had our first child and I decided Hey, I'm, I'm doing this on my own right now. I could probably get my broker's license and go ahead and just work from home as a broker and just do this with my kids. And I just, you know, I wanted to be home with the kids, but I also wanted to still work. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided to go out and break away and just be like, okay, I'll just open my own company. And I didn't realize that people would want to work with me agents. Mm -hmm that was surprising
0: tell me for for listeners who maybe don't know all the terminology in that world tell me the difference between having your real estate license or being a realtor and being a broker
1: so a, a realtor is somebody you have to have a broker so no matter what company you work with you have to have a broker the broker is responsible for all the clients if you're a realtor or not so Switching to be a broker, you're responsible for all the clients underneath you. Mm -hmm. Even if a realtor is representing them, the broker is actually the one that is responsible for that client. And
0: it requires a different set of certifications with the state. Yes,
1: yes, you have to get take your broker's license. You have Mm -hmm. to have a certain amount of, of experience. You have to have. I think right now it's four and a half years that you have to have experience. It's just, it all falls on the broker, Mm -hmm. the responsibility. Um, The realtor, of course, is licensed as well, and they work under the broker, but um, they have to abide by the broker's rules for
0: their clients. And so when you see, Amarillo has a ton of, of real estate companies, and when you see one, typically there's a broker who has started that company, and then a lot of realtors or a lot of agents work underneath that person. So that's yes. why you have a lot of different names selling under a single brand, whether it's Keller Williams or whatever.
1: Yes. And, you know, there's, in Amarillo, we have a lot of franchises. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you know, Wick Realty is just me that started it. And I've grown significantly in Amarillo just because I know a lot of amazing people and they've come and work with me. And so I have a lot of amazing agents underneath me. But uh, Keller is a franchise and uh, Coldwell Banker uh, – we have a lot of great companies here in town, so it's it's very interesting to be a part of that world.
0: <laughs> so what, what year did you get your broker's license and start with Realty? Uh,
1: 2012.
0: Okay. And mm-hmm. you thought you just wanted to kind of work from home and get out By from myself. underneath. Yeah, and just kind of start your little one-person shop yeah. there. Um, so where you are today, this wasn't really what you envisioned.
1: No. No, and people always take me to lunch and ask what, what are your goals? What were you, what were your plans? And my plan is just to work hard, take care of what I'm, what's thrown at me. That's, that's the way I work. So just take care of your business is what I always tell people. Like, that's what you do. Um, but a lot of people just came to me and wanted to work with me. I don't try to recruit it grew significantly and I didn't have business school. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I was just this young kid that started and I had no clue what I was doing, but now I, I have a lot of, a more grasp of what I'm doing and my goals. Um, but I just want to take care of my agents and my clients. That's things that I really care about.
0: Why do you think it is you know, cause you, you find a lot of people who are successful and they go into it and they've got, you know, a hard goal and they've got a path and they know what they're going to do and how they're going to build this thing. And that wasn't your case. You just kind of wanted yeah. to get out and do it on your own. And then it has grown. So how, like, what do you think was the reason so many people came to you and said, I, I want to work with you. I'd like to be, you know, one of your agents, or I'd like to, you know, put your sign and put my name on your sign so that I can be part of this brand. Why, why did that happen?
1: I know cuz that feels like an honor to me. Yeah. That people even care. Well, I think
0: it says something about you too. And so I'm wondering like I want you to dig deep oh. and and figure out like okay, what was what was I putting out there that made these people you know want to climb under that umbrella?
1: Yeah, I think probably most of it is that people knew me from, you know, like I said I I went to different elementary schools and middle schools and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So there were connections in those aspects of it. So people kind of knew who I was, um, but they didn't really know who I was. So I think they started seeing me on, you know, social media and stuff, just posting things, which was out of my comfort zone because I'm not very computer savvy. I'm getting better. Um, but I my clients wanted me to post on the social media sites Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I think that kind of helped me get out of my comfort zone of like, okay, well, my clients want this. So I think people from my past and uh, just friends and people from my church, and they were just noticing, hey, Katie's doing this. She's doing this. Like, oh, we want to talk to her about this. So I've gotten a lot of people who just call me and ask advice, like we're getting our real estate license or we're thinking about getting a real estate license. So I was able to encourage them on – asking them questions of just kind of figuring out who they are mm-hmm. and if it would be a good fit for them or not. Um, most of my agents are brand new agents that have hit me up based on they've noticed just what I'm doing. Um, I have gotten some from other companies just because they wanted a smaller feel, but I don't know. I don't know why they chose me over other competitors, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's competitors. If that's the right. I, way
0: I think that's it. probably true. Um, but you know that I, I think a lot of agents do have a choice. You yeah. Know, they can try to work for a, one of the big national franchises like Keller Williams or Coldwell Banker, um, and then they see one that's kind of larger, like yours, and it it feels local. It feels homegrown. I, I think there's also a draw to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I've had agents leave because they've uh, they have you know they either move out of town or. They get a better offer at another company, which, you know, that's great. You have to do what's best for your family, Mm -hmm. you know, and I understand that. And we all are, I feel like all of us companies are working together, which I try to encourage with my agents. Hey, we're not in competition with each other. We're all working together um, because they're going to bring us a buyer or we're going to bring them a seller. Like what, I mean, we all work together, you know? So uh, I, I hope that I can encourage that in Amarillo and, you know, that we're not in competition It's with not each as other.
0: cutthroat as people think it might be.
1: It, it shouldn't be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We should all be one with, I mean, we, we all are helping each other. Well, and, and
0: anybody who's ever sold a house or bought a house knows that it might be a Wick Realty house. Right. But like, Tell if it's not exclusive, somebody else can come in and, and look at it and sell it and, and that's fine. And that's yeah. kind of how... It works.
1: Yeah. And I want to build those outside relationships with those companies because everybody's doing what's best, like I said, for their family. And that's just what I encourage in our office. Just let's take care of everybody, every agent, every company, you know? Mm -hmm. So.
0: So I I know listeners, this is the first time I've talked to someone who's deep in the real estate world like you. And so I know listeners will want to hear a little bit about what the market's been like the last couple of years, because I know it's been really crazy. Yeah. Uh, I know it will probably stay that way for a few months. So tell me what it's been like, you know, just going through this, this recent boom cycle, whether it's related to the pandemic or housing inventory or whatever, like, tell me what, what it's been like.
1: So for me, when COVID hit a few years back, I was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get a little, a little break from business and things will kind of slow down a little bit so we can all catch up on, you know, what's going on. Um, it did not happen. It never slowed down. I felt like it was one of the busiest years I've ever had. And I was like, we have to wear a mask. We have to go show these houses. Um, which I was happy about. I was like, okay, well, you know, regroup. We're not, we're not homebound as realtors. So let's Mm -hmm. go show the homes. Um, but I think a lot of people were stuck at home. So they were thinking, let's, let's change. Let's move. Mm -hmm. Let's do these things like, or they had time to do their projects in their house. So for me, it was, it was great. Business was amazing. We never hit a lull, I didn't feel like. Um, I do know that a lot of people did hurt with their jobs. Um, you know, they couldn't get pre-approval. Uh, and then I feel like it was last year, uh, probably early last year, 2021, early, where people started holding back, putting their house on the market. So I don't know what the gossip was, but people were like, well, there's not enough houses to put our house on the market, so we don't have a place to go.
0: Right. It's not necessarily worries about selling their house, but like, what do we do after that?
1: Yeah. So they were just all holding back. And I had so many people who were like, well, we'd love to put our house on the market, but we don't know where we're going to go. So we ran into that. And right now, I mean, we're at, we're at Lowe's. This whole year, we've been at Lowe's on listings. So a lot of things that we're seeing is people from big cities coming in to Amarillo buying properties here cash. So even the people that are wanting, they're, they're like, oh, well, we'll have to be contingent on buying this house. right? They can't that's get it. That's just not happening, right? Because there's a cash buyer there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And these are high-end properties. So that's what I'm struggling with is trying to figure out how to convince people we need to list our houses because we just don't have enough inventory to market. Everybody's scared to put their houses out there. And
0: part of that's related to building houses too, because there have been a lot of supply chain issues, whether it was with lumber at one point or now it's garage doors. I mean, all those different things yep. have made the building process a little more uncertain. Yep. And so we don't, we don't have as many houses coming on the market like new houses.
1: Yeah. So I listed a house that I had sold new build a year and a half prior and I sold it way over what they bought it for. So new builds, like if somebody had bought a house a year and a half ago, two years ago as a new build, they actually, it was almost like they flipped it Hmm. in what they made on a profit. So I had buyers calling me on new builds and saying, hey, like, let's go in and sell our house because we can make this on it and I'll go buy a rental or something that I can just live in for a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm trying to get my people to be a little creative on, hey, if you want to sell, let's, let's do this and then we can find you a rent house um, or we can find you a temporary placement because there's a lot of Airbnbs coming into town mm-hmm. too. But. Yeah, the cost of materials for new builds has gone extremely up. Used to it was like 130 to 150 a square foot that they were selling two years ago. Now it's, you know, 200, 208 hmm. a
0: square foot. Do you see this kind of logjam resolving anytime soon?
1: I can't foresee the future. So I don't, I have absolutely no idea. All I tell is for people to make the best investment that they can right now. For themselves, and sometimes you might have to spend a little bit more to get what you want. So I have a lot of cash investors who are ready to buy rental properties. Well, you used to be able to buy a rental property for between 100 and 150. That's kind of out the window now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have that option anymore. Now you have to be between 170 to 210, 215 for an investment property, you know, a rental property, which our rentals are going up we're raising our rents on people. And so I don't know. I know the interest rates are going up a little bit, but they're not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just,
0: with all those moving parts too, it's just hard to figure out yeah. what's, what's going to change things, whether it's the interest rates, whether it's supply chain, whether it's the price of construction goods, all those things Yeah, kind of have to dance with each other. And that's what makes the market like it is.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just everybody has to be responsible with their investments is all I say is like start small and you can build from that. So if you want to do something, do it. But you have to take the leap and you have to take the faith that you have, you know, that you can you can do it. But I don't know. I I personally am I've bought rental properties that I never would have bought at a higher price bracket. Mm. Um, And I've let my investors know, hey, do you want this first? And they say no. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Because I know that you're going to have to invest a little bit higher now than you did before. So uh, I want to give them first option, obviously. But I'm taking the risk that I feel like if if you're wanting to do that, you know, and you can do it, mm-hmm. afford it.
0: I'm I'm interested to hear you say that you've had a lot of clients who are moving to Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Um Flush with cash because they, you know, maybe they've sold a, a property in California or something. You know, yep. that is a ridiculous price. Yep, uh, and that you can buy a lot of home with California property money. Yeah. Um, so tell me some of the things that you're hearing from them, or, or some of the the things that maybe um, you're figuring out about this area because you're kind of looking at it through their eyes.
1: They don't like the politics of where they're coming from. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't get too deep into politics, but I know that. They are having struggles with some of the new regulations and some of the new things. Everybody's
0: been dealing with different levels of COVID lockdown and stuff like that. And that is real frustrating if California has one rule and then you see people in Texas going to bars and restaurants and all those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's what they're struggling with. And they're just kind of, you know, we want a smaller town that there's some crazy things that are going out there and they're just wanting something smaller and something more Amarillo, I feel like why people are choosing us is because we're nice, and there's a lot of people here that are personable. Uh, When they come here and visit, they say, wow, this is so different than what we're used to. So I know Amarillo has a great culture, and just we all want to support each other and um, help each other in any kind of small business that we're doing, so... That's what I'm hearing a lot of when people come in. Like, it's just everybody's so nice here. That's what they say.
0: Do you do you hear much about standard of living here coming from, you know, some of the coastal areas where housing prices are just crazy? And they get here and they think, holy cow, you know, my <laughs> my two bedroom tiny apartment in San Francisco can get me, you know, a house in the colonies here. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly for me, seeing people come here and be able to just afford things cash blows my mind because I'm like, oh my gosh, you can spend that much money cash from wherever you're coming from. Um, yeah, that that is like, you know, they have their taxes there that are different from here, but they can pay cash, and then our taxes aren't as bad because they can they can afford it because um, they get to buy their houses you know, outright, Mm -hmm. where there they're also paying taxes and they're they're paying, you know, for an exorbitant amount on their properties that are smaller. And here they can see we have flat land and, you know. So I don't know. I, I don't know why a lot of people are choosing Amarillo. I don't know where their recognition is coming from. But I think a lot of people... Have you ever heard of being like the black hole? No. Like like we're like the black hole. People move away and then they come back.
0: Uh It sucks them back in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I don't know. Like a lot of people have some kind of connection to Amarillo. They have a family member Mm -hmm. or somebody who they know. I don't run into a lot of people who are just randomly... It
0: just picked us on a map and yeah. decided we're moving to Texas. Yeah.
1: They're like, we're close to this person or this person like in Dallas or this person in Lubbock, or they're close enough to where we're, you know, somebody that they know that is here, which that, that is interesting. I never thought about that.
0: Did you ever think about leaving? No. <laughs> so... No. Yeah. Your face was really funny when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of exasperation no. there, I think.
1: Well, because if you asked my parents, like they would have been like, oh my gosh, we tortured her. Uh, my junior high year, I fell off the back of the truck. I cracked my head. And then my parents had moved to Kansas. They left me here my junior year so I could finish my basketball okay. season. And... Uh,
0: were you just living by yourself in the house? Or? I was living with my
1: grandpa. Okay. They were like, we'll let you finish out your high school year. And um, so I was in the back of a truck, fell off, cracked my head. I was in ICU for like four days. So my parents drove back from Kansas because I was about, I was, they, it wasn't looking good. Um, and they took me to Kansas for about six months. Okay. And I cried the whole time I was there did not want to be away from Amarillo. I've always loved Amarillo. I've always been attached to this. I don't know why. I like the people. I like the community. Um, never have wanted to move hmm. ever. Then they moved back. All right. Cuz it was hard
0: on me. I guess partly. you you fully recovered from the head injury?
1: Well, that's we're still wondering.
0: Okay. It's a good excuse, <laughs> I guess, if uh...
1: I am a crackhead, you okay. know.
0: Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you this question, and it's a little bit self-serving, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And and I've told this story before. When I started this podcast, um, after the very first episode landed, you and Seth contacted me and said, "How can we get involved on this? How can Aww. how can we support you in this?" And and you were interested in advertising, like the very first real sponsor that came to me. Aww. I had I'd gotten some stuff set up make sure that i could fund the first few episodes but like you're the first organic one because i didn't know you guys at the time yeah i wonder why like why number one it was so fast it was like within a day of it you know going out but like number two why why for a company that doesn't do a lot of advertising why did that attract your attention
1: um so i'm gonna have to give seth this credit because um he's he's very involved in like, like I said, I'm not very good at social media and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So Seth had quit his uh, job for a while to help with Wick Realty um, and just kind of, you know, figure out, like, the best things that we needed to do and stuff. But he's very into local people. Um, he's He thinks outside the box, and he saw something very good in what you were doing, and he really liked that. And... So he was like we we need to do this and I was like hey like if you think so like let's do it you know um we we felt like you were doing a very good thing for Amarillo and we felt like that's something that we needed to support and I just I love that you care about all the locals and all the things that we're doing here um and and you're one of our locals and we want to support you so that's very important to us
0: well I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And I've, I've talked about it before every time I do an advertisement that you guys have sold, helped us sell, you know, three Aww. houses now and, and buy two, you know, as as we've yeah. increased our square footage and stuff like that. So it felt natural to me. It felt like something I was really comfortable with, but I, I just was so surprised that it, you know, you responded so quickly to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Seth just, he likes, he likes to just see what's coming in and, recognize the value in that and i mean what you were doing was really good and I'm, you're still doing an amazing job and we're so impressed with you and all the things that you've been doing so we we love it well
0: thank you for that <laughs> um, i'll probably cut that out oh no, I, no, no. I, okay, angelina <laughs> will make me keep it anyway but yes um <laughs> i want to close this section by just asking kind of how you think about the future because there are so many fluctuations in the market you know, Amarillo has been pretty protected from a lot of the a lot of the bad stuff. I mean, even two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, when everything was in such turmoil. yeah, you know, things were kind of in a bubble. I, I wonder how you think about the future as a business owner, as someone who's dependent on the market and the economy and all those things wrapped up together. Like how do you plan for the future of your business?
1: I've been struggling with that this year because I'm seeing a lot of changes in real estate. Um, You know, I've been in the business for almost like 20 some plus years. Um, So I'm, I'm seeing, I'm trying to figure out what the best way for us to advertise to, for our clients, Mm -hmm. um, for the
0: agents. Uh, So much of that happens online now, as opposed to the little, you know, periodicals that you can pick up. Yeah. homes and land or, or you know whatever it's called restaurants
1: yeah and making it catchy yeah and new what are the ways that you can like engage people into like looking at this listing versus the other ones I'm working on that uh, I, I'm good at that I'm good at you know figuring out how to sell a property or how to do the these things uh so I don't know I, I don't feel like we're in a bubble um I feel like we're getting caught up honestly I Other agents might disagree with me on that. But I feel like our real estate has stayed pretty steady for a long time. I think back in the 80s, they had a very bad lull. Um, So I think that a lot of agents were worried about that. We have changed significantly from when I started. We did not have the MLS like we do now. Mm -hmm. When I started, we had to go pick up keys separately to each office There was a lot of things that have been changed since I started. We did not have all the online things. So I'm trying to keep up with all of that.
0: Do you think about the city's future? You know, when people are always talking about how can we diversify the economy? How can we keep bringing new people here? You know, all those big, big conversations. And those are going to trickle down into the real estate market. Do you Mm -hmm. pay attention to how the city is growing? And do you think, like, is is that something that's important to you?
1: Yeah, I, I do think about that now I do worry about our water a little Mm -hmm. bit um, and the growth that we're seeing because I've heard things about that Um, I do know that with the growth of the loop that is going in and all the surrounding areas I mean we're conjoining with Bushland Mm -hmm. and Canyon we are becoming a very big population here and a lot of people a tiny metroplex we are i mean because all the people in bushland are working in amarillo people in canyon are working in amarillo we're all working together we're all around here um hereford is even expanding i'm mm-hmm. selling ranches and farms out towards hereford where people are wanting to develop so i know we're growing significantly i think it's great as long as we can support the jobs and support the people i like it I like growth because I don't want to move and I like selling real estate.
0: This episode is supported by Union Hall Workspace, which offers a more productive and professional working experience than your local coffee shop. This unique co-working space is right in the middle of Amarillo and it's used by remote workers and small business owners. It even offers offices for rent with flexible memberships so you can choose where, when and how you work. Union Hall. Your work, your way. To learn more, visit UnionHallTX.com. That's UnionHallTX.com. Okay, I'm back with Katie Wick of Wick Realty. Katie, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. Eight Straight is sponsored every week by Panhandle Plains Historical Museum in Canyon. It's the largest history museum in Texas, and its collection includes Pioneer Town. Which represents the communities that rose up in the Texas Panhandle between 1890 and 1910, including recreations of homes and businesses from that period. And I remember just always, even as an adult, going in. They've got like one of those little kit houses that people lived in, and it's just this tiny little thing. It's like this one <laughs> room, and you know, it said five families sheltered from an Indian raid in this house yeah. or something. You know, for for three months. And I just think how crazy that was back then. Um, you can learn more about that at panhandleplains.org. Okay, first question. What's one thing the pandemic has revealed to you about local people?
1: So it, it has been very interesting because um, I know a lot of people with a lot of different opinions mm-hmm. about should we wear the mask, should we not wear the mask, should we get vaccinated, should we not get vaccinated. Um, I feel like the pandemic has... In Amarillo, everybody wants to protect each other and everybody wants to take care of each other is what I feel. Um, so we're all kind of just asking, do you feel comfortable with this? Do you feel comfortable with this? And I like that, that we can communicate a little bit better with each other and figure out how how can we make this work here in Amarillo.
0: That working together spirit yeah. has overcome maybe a little bit of the natural divisiveness that
1: exactly. comes up with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, other than wind, what does this area have too much of?
1: I would say yellow grass. Yeah, you know we need a little bit more water. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, Seth and I always joke about it being like the yellow prairie, mm-hmm. you know. But it's still pretty. It's our it's our pretty, you know.
0: <laughs> I I agree with that, um, and I think it's it's always really I, I remember like times in the spring or summer even when you start driving to Dallas and all of a sudden it just kind of goes from yellow to green. You're like, wow, <laughs> everything's green here.
1: I know. It's like it's
0: what happens getting when it out rains of a black and white
1: TV or something. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it's like when Dorothy left yeah. Kansas. <laughs> what does this area not have enough of?
1: So I don't know if you know about this place. It's it's called Brook Place in Paramount. It's a little community with a little pond and it has a pool and it has townhomes and it's like in Paramount. Yes. Okay. Yes. I want more of those. Okay. Um that's something that I feel like Amara needs more of because it if it, it goes towards uh you know if you're retiring, um if you're uh just a single person, if you have a small family, you have this community of people that you can just kind of live with mm-hmm. and you can afford it. Um, are those
0: private homes or are they rental properties?
1: No, they're they're townhomes town that, that people are own? purchasing, okay. and we do not have a lot of those here. I've been talking to my developer, uh, Canyon Clifton, about trying to figure out a way that we can get that going here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just tricky with finding land and finding the place. I just think it's very interesting that they got that started, and it's it's just it's it's a great community. I show a lot of those properties, and I just. I would like to see more of those small communities okay. here in Amarillo. And that
0: place is in the Paramount area. It's is it north of 34th?
1: Yeah, it's on um, kind of
0: between 34th and yeah. Olson Paramount.
1: Yeah, Paramount and uh, uh yeah, Olson. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, it's on Fleetwood, mm-hmm. called Brooks Place. It's just this. Uh, I'm not selling anything there. I just I I show properties there, and I'm like, oh, this is so cute. Why don't we have more of these? Yeah, because it kind of
0: just builds in a community aspect. It does.
1: And you see a lot of older people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of uh, people are putting, instead of a retirement home, they're putting their their parents there where they can own the property um, and they can be taken care of because there's people around.
0: Yeah, who watch out for them.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: Okay, so you deal with a lot of newcomers. How do you describe Amarillo to people outside the area?
1: Um, I just tell them that everybody here is... I mean, personally, I feel like people are just nice. When you go to the grocery store, everybody wants to ask who you are, what you're doing. You know, I get that a lot. I feel like around here, people want to support the local businesses. They want to support the people. We all are excited about what are you doing? Where are you going? Mm -hmm. Those are the questions that we ask people when you first meet them. Um, So I feel like for newcomers, that's what I say, like, there, it's just a great community here, and we can get you plugged in. So,
0: Okay, you, you may or may not answer this one, but what is your favorite neighborhood in Amarillo?
1: I really like Olsen. I like Wolfland because they have beautiful trees, old, established houses that are mm-hmm. just historic, different floor plans. I love showing those houses, so that's those are probably my favorite neighborhoods.
0: When you have people coming here from out of town who presumably have the money to buy in some of the brand new neighborhoods, or they could build, are they drawn to those established neighborhoods that are that feel a little bit different, that feel a little more lived in, that have the trees and stuff, Um, or is that just like a lot of local churn? You know, people selling one house and moving into one of those.
1: Yeah, I mean, it honestly depends on the buyer from out of town. They're they're all uh, they either want acres or they want. Just depends on how much space they want. I don't know. It's all different. Okay. For me, I have a lot of different people that are just looking at I don't know. They do like they do like the trees. They like the established neighborhoods. So probably that's what it ends up happening.
0: Okay. What's your favorite local restaurant?
1: So I have two Joe Taco mm-hmm. and uh So I'm okay. I love Mexican, Mexican food. I love spicy. Um, and I'm not just saying this, but these are two of my friends who own these places. They care about their people. They care about the way the company is ran and they care about the quality of the food. So I really love both of those a lot. And I go there probably three to four times a week.
0: Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> well, uh, so bad. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think Cotavez has been mentioned on the podcast before, but it is like Amazing. Of, of all the new restaurants, especially Town Square area, and that like it's one of the most impressive ones. We oh. go there more than like any other new restaurant. Don't
1: you love it? It's so good. They have the best meat mm-hmm. and the spicy salsa. Lots is of It's So good. Yeah, I love it. And the people behind it are amazing. So I always like to, you know, push that out there a little bit. Like they they care about their employees. They care about the way the yeah, everybody's taken care of. So, yeah.
0: Okay. What's your favorite local coffee shop?
1: Uh, Palace. All right. Another one of my good friends. Um, He started in Canyon. Yeah. I'm sure you've interviewed him before. Patrick has
0: been on the show. Yes.
1: So, I mean, I I knew him from when he started, and that coffee is the best. I love the strongest coffee that without any kind of cream there, they they do a really good job.
0: Okay. And when was the last time you visited the Big Texan?
1: Oh, gosh. That was probably, I, I think... My best, one of my best friends, Christy, it was her birthday. I think it was like 12 years ago. So it's been a while, is, which is yeah. bad. I mean, I like the Big Texan and it's a huge place here in Amarillo that, you know, I, I'm i surprised I haven't been there. Since. Well, you're not the target
0: demographic though. Uh, it, it caters yeah. to travelers rather than locals. So yeah,
1: but it was, it was good. I watched somebody eat that big steak oh, yeah? and that was fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, that concludes
0: the uh, the eight straight questions. I like to close, Katie, by asking my guests to endorse something. So what's one thing you would want listeners to know about or to experience?
1: So I have a friend here in Amarillo. Her name is Celia Davis. She is doing leather bags, leather jewelry, um, briefcases. Okay. Um, they also are opening a farm, so they're going to be selling meat and stuff like that. Uh, but her... There's is JC Acres. They're right. on Instagram. I just, I, re- I really like the stuff and the quality that she does, and I just wanted to make sure that people knew about her and checked her out. So, no. okay, she's she's my girl, JC Acres. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, Katie Wick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it was worth the four-year wait.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs>
0: And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Katie for the interview and especially for Wick Realty's ongoing sponsorship of the show. I also want to thank new sponsor, Union Hall, which has a really great co-working space. I've been there. Thanks also to Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and, of course, Angelina Marie for editing this episode. If you like this podcast, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and leave a review. As usual, this podcast exists on a weekly basis because of listeners like you and the local people who support it financially through patreon.com slash Hey Amarillo. Hey Amarillo's executive producers include Wilson Lemieux, Josh Wood, Corey Burns, Wes Reeves, Patrick Burns, Jason Burr, Katie Linger, Barbara and Jim Witten, and Jess Heredia. This has been episode 236. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.